Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here for this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. The title of today's broadcast is My Will Be Done, My Kingdom Come. This episode, I'll be sharing my startling realization that I really hadn't made Jesus the Lord of my life when I said that prayer to ask him in. I told you in the last episode that God did incredibly amazing things when I said that prayer and surrendered to him. But full disclosure here, I did not surrender everything to him. So here's the deal. You might remember when I talked about what I was like when I was a child, strong-willed, gregarious, outgoing, outspoken, opinionated, like my dad. Well, I also got his salesmanship gene no joke. Seriously, I could sell ice to an Eskimo if I'm convinced it is the very best thing in the world for that ex Eskimo. My dad made his way up the ladder to senior vice president of sales in Encyclopedia Britannica. He started out knocking on doors, selling those expensive sets of books to parents who wanted the best for their children. And that learning tool was considered the best of the best in the educational book world. At some point along the way, my sense of justice and need for a cause just started to blossom. And that was the kind of work I enjoyed because if it righted a wrong, I was all in with gusto. It started out with business in fundraising. I'd worked for a Scientologist who had a phone room where they sold tickets to the policemen's and the firemen's ball. And I believed we were supporting our police officers and our first responders in this effort to raise funds for their unions. Well, I was their best salesperson and I loved what I did. But as I began to ask questions, I found out that they paid the nonprofit that they raised the funds for a set amount, like 10,000 or 20,000. But then they went to raise anywhere from a quarter of a million dollars up to half a million dollars. That just did not sit right with me. I felt that they owed the organization a percentage rather than a set amount. So it wasn't long before I started my own company to raise funds for different organizations. But instead, I offered a 15 to 20% payout to the organization from all the sales that we made. From there, I was introduced to a company named A.L. Williams, founded by and led by former high school football coach, Art Williams. They were taking on the insurance industry a true David and Goliath story, taking the consumer and educating them on their life insurance options, moving them from high commission whole life policies that were always sold because the salesman made way higher commission selling that product than any other. So moving them from that to a much less expensive term insurance and then helping them invest the money that they saved from making that move into mutual funds. So let me just admit, when I gave my life to Christ, I didn't really want to give it all. 
I loved what I did with A.L. Williams. And I was sure I'd have to give up my career and go to some distant land and be a missionary. So I wasn't exactly what you'd say or call all in. I knew in order to keep my marriage, I needed to be one of them. And so I moved in that direction. But I didn't fully give my heart or surrender all. Truth be told, I never prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because in my heart, I was still holding on to my kingdom, wanting my will to be done. I didn't want to give up my six-figure income or my prestigious position in the company. I was one of very few women who had made it to senior vice president. In many ways, I wanted my life to stay the same. But hey, Jesus, just please help me with my marriage because that's a complete disaster, okay? It actually wasn't until about a year and a half later that my eyes were open to the reality of my own heart and how selfish it was. I was still busy with my business while Chuck was ministering to Vietnam veterans and he was sharing Christ with them like crazy. He'd been given this ministry name and actually a legal 501c3 organization, the paperwork for Point Man Ministries, whose founder had passed away. So he was busy with God's work and I was busy with my own. We had a board of directors that was put together for oversight of the ministry and one of the members was Phil Israelson. He was a born-again Jew who taught the leadership of Point Man Ministries one weekend at a board retreat. Phil's ministry at the core was a teaching about God's heart and our hearts. I have to tell you, I don't remember a lot of what he taught. That was almost 33 years ago. But one thing was significant and impacted my life in ways that are hard to describe. I remember praying the way he suggested, Lord, here's my heart. Show me my heart as you see it. I'm sure he shared scriptures like Jeremiah 17, verse nine and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his deeds. Or maybe Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. It wasn't long after I prayed that prayer that God began to stir in my heart. I began to see how I'd been bowing down to my six-figure income and the accolades that came with it. How I'd given my work the rightful place of only one, and that's God. Work and success were on the throne of my life, not God. I'd made him my savior, but not my Lord. The work I excelled in and loved and dedicated 60 to 70 hours a week to had become an idol, and that was sin. Money, not Jesus, was my Lord. A few weeks later, I was sitting in an audience as Chuck shared his testimony, and 
I really never knew the details of his Vietnam story before he gave his heart to the Lord. He didn't talk about it. It was pretty much off limits, but his PTSD was raging and it was definitely pushing me to my limits. So here I was hearing how God had healed him when he surrendered his heart. So for some context here, we were 18 months after being saved. He's up there sharing about leading hundreds of veterans to Christ. Standing out in front of the movie theater where the Born on the Fourth of July was playing and as these guys that were all scruffy and broken were coming out of the theater, he was handing them tracts to tell them about Jesus. I was completely clueless what God had been up to with these Vietnam veterans because I was so wrapped up in my thing. My thing was all that mattered to me. And here I was being confronted with God's thing. As I listened, I felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit. He wanted me to walk away from all my success and financial security and help out in the ministry. I'm like, oh no, 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 I can't, I cannot do that. Was that really you, God? No, it can't be. We cannot afford to let go of this income. In answer to my inner dialogue with God, a sweet sister, Katie Fortune, walked up to me. She's the author of Discover Your God-Given Gifts. She walked up, put her hand on my shoulder, and she looked me straight in the eye. She said, Athena, don't be surprised if things change. I see God doing a new thing in you, so don't resist it. Well, there was my answer. Yes, it really was God's still small voice speaking to my heart to walk away and begin a journey of walking by faith and not by sight. Now, you have to understand, there was no guaranteed income with this move. The ministry survived on whatever came in the door, whatever donations came in, and that averaged maybe $500 a month. It was because I was making significant income that Chuck was able to just do the ministry without worrying about whether he got paid or not. It didn't matter. Nevertheless, I knew I was hearing from God and I knew I had to obey. I fell to my knees and I surrendered anew. Lord, this is it. I'm waving the white flag of surrender, which by the way, that's one of the things that active duty military never did as it was a sign of weakness, a sign of surrender. But in I knew I had to. I said, Lord, I give, I cry, uncle, I'm going to say it out loud to you, Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not mine. So I jumped in with both feet and I thought I would use my worldly wisdom to start fundraising. I looked into grants and I researched direct mail. There was no internet back then. I used my natural gifts in business to start doing my thing. Boy, I was just sure God needed me and all my ideas. Ha, 
Every time I'd start in a direction, it was like I hit a brick wall at full force. And every time I'd sense that still small voice again, just pray. After all, if all my ideas worked, how would I have ever known if the provision was from God or just my bright idea? I have to tell you, if he'd shown me before I quit my job that he was gonna ask me to just pray, I'm not so sure I would have taken the leap. But it's exactly what was needed in order for me to begin to trust in him rather than myself. So you know how amazing God is? He always proves himself faithful. He always works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He wanted to illustrate for me that he would take care of all our needs according to his riches in glory. Now, I have to say, this was an absolute game changer of a moment that built my faith more than any other. This is one of those memorial stones I can look back on and remember God's faithfulness. I remember it clearly. We'd received the cutoff notice from the phone company. The phones at the appointment offices were basically, I think our bill was maybe two or three months behind. They were about to be turned off. And that bill, you know, had a, in red ink, a deadline. Every time I looked at it with the cutoff date, my heart would start racing. My palms went sweaty and I felt the urge to do something, anything about it. We needed $400 to keep on the phones and make, keep them operational. And I just could not get any peace at all from God with every money-making idea I had to get that $400 in the door. I took a few days. I went to a monastery to fast and pray. They had kind of a personal retreat option. I didn't know what else to do. I just knew that I was terrified of God not providing what we needed. As I quieted my heart and I worshiped in my very simple yet stark room, God began to bring to mind attitudes in my heart that were sinful. Most of them were toward my husband and they were just not honoring to God. Again, I fell to my knees and repented for my anger and my unforgiveness. The two emotions that bred my snarky and disrespectful attitudes. I headed home after my two nights not knowing what to expect, but realizing that his cleansing had washed my heart and the attitudes were gone. And I was different from that time with him. And that felt good. It was midday on Sunday when I drove home. Just a few hours later, there was a knock at the door. She was like, who's that on a Sunday afternoon? But we went and we opened the door and there was this guy Vietnam veteran who we had worked with at one of the point man groups and he's standing on the porch looking a little sheepish so I asked him in he said no that's okay he just wanted to stop by and give us an envelope he explained that 
He didn't really understand why, but that God had told him to empty out his savings and bring it to us and that he'd understand more later. He went on to say that, uh, I know it's not much, but it's all I had in my savings and it's just over $400. When I think about it now, I cannot help but get weepy, happy tears at the way God proved himself faithful to me that day. Now I have to admit, I didn't always remember that moment and actually got sucked into another one or two money-making opportunities where I just thought I had to help God out. But I'll tell you what, he was so faithful. And I can say that now, without a doubt in my mind, I know that God will provide for my needs and oftentimes even my wants. He's a good, good father who is for us, not against us. And he wants a relationship with us so that we can be examples of his handiwork. Can you look back and see moments in your life where you just didn't see how it could ever be resolved? But then God showed up and either changed the circumstances or maybe just changed your perspective? Can you connect the dots to see him working on your behalf in order to build your trust in him? I'm praying that if not, if you don't see that, then that he'll begin to show you times that he was doing just that, but perhaps you didn't recognize that it was him. So, hey, thanks for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you next week on Redeemed and Restored. And as usual, I'd appreciate it if you would, you know the drill, like, follow, share, comment, share the episode with someone you think it would encourage. I would love to hear from you and discover what God is showing you through these messages. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and this is Redeemed and Restored.